Well, what a weekend we've had so far with Kevin and Margaret, and this is just a great privilege all mine. Some of you in here, you've never met Kevin and Margaret before, and some of you in here will know them longer than I have known them. There was a regional leader of the Scottish nation. They was the boss for 20 years. And um, when me and Isabel came into the ministry and led this church for the last 10 years before that as assistants as well. Some people just come into your life in an official capacity and they end up just being friends. And this is Kevin and Margaret with Classia, but more than friends, part of the family here. And thank you for always being for us personally, myself and Isabel, through our, the years. We love yous. We're delighted you've decided to come up and spend the weekend for us. And it was great just to spend a bit of time suffering for the gospel, having a first supper at Crivy last night, and we just went for a little walk together. And uh, I did say, I don't know what was going on at Crivy last night. They had a big bonfire, and there was like it's like a village just came together for an event. They maybe knew Kevin and Margaret was coming. Big bonfire, and there was loads of Prosecco. And me and Isabel was going up to the car, and I said to Margaret, please, whatever happens, make sure he is an early night. Put him in bed early. Don't let him loose at the bonfire. I don't want to wake him up on Facebook seeing Kevin dancing around a bonfire in his underwear. So I'm assured he got an early night, and he's here all refreshed. But let's hear it for Kevin as he comes to minister. Bless you. Thanks, Kevin. Wow. Wow. What an introduction. The thought of being me underpants has made the Holy Spirit just go. Please come back, Holy Spirit. Just stop the girls from stumbling. Well, can I just say, I, I think it's probably not far off 27 years, 28 years when I first came to speak here. Um, in fact, there wasn't a church here, it was in a, in a school when you were meeting with the school, and I was the pastor of the, the Glasgow Elam Church, and I was the guest speaker just for the day, and I came and met all you people who I couldn't understand a blethering word you were saying. Fit Lake and all the things that you do in the Brock and I'm a poor man from the middle of England and I, I just get just about got used to Glaswegian and I came up here and it was it was like a whole new dialect to try and get my head around and um, at one point I wasn't sure whether someone was speaking in tongues or giving an interpretation so I just sort of just kept going and it's been a great joy, and I felt quite emotional driving up yesterday, day before when we came. Um, it's just a joy. It's five years, I think, since I spoke here. I must have been rubbish that day to take five years to invite me back. But, oh, oh COVID, that, that little thing called COVID that interrupted our lives for two years. But it's just fabulous to be, and can I just say, I'm no longer a regional leader now, so I can just be honest and... Uh, I don't have to try to tickle anybody's ears. Can I just say, of all the things I've been involved in, one of the, easily the top five was when you two became the pastors of this church. And can I say, just from the bottom of my heart, you have done an absolutely amazingly brilliant job in the 10 years that you've been here. Can you hear that? 
wow, that's five pound more on the ministry gift. It's, it's now up to 10, so I'm doing really well. You know, that's from the bottom of my heart. And I hope you heard that, guys, because we don't tell you enough. Can I tell you, for nearly 40 years I've been pastoring, and I'm not trying to make us out to be anything special, those that pastor, but can I tell you, it has never been more difficult than to be a pastor for Jesus in today's world with the amount of, I have to choose my words carefully, with all the political stuff that's to try to stand firm for the Bible and what the Bible teaches, it has never been more difficult. And I know when I hit 40, I know Kevin's 40 and Isabel's 21, and, but, but I know when I hit 40, 40 to, if I could live one decade of my life again, it would be 40 to 50. It was 1994 when I hit 40 and we had this wonderful move of the Holy Spirit that swept the world and we rode on a tidal wave of blessing for 10 years and I pray that this next decade been great up to now but the next decade will be the most amazing decade of your life and if it is the church will only be carried along with that margaret would you come I just want to invite my daughter up just for a moment just to come and come and say why why why, why we've been doing nothing for five years margaret's now written 10 books and um she's been prolific and i can remember the day when someone gave her a prophetic word and said, there's a book in you, you ought to start to write. And she's never stopped since. And it's just amazing how when God says something, things can just change. So come and say hi and just introduce yourself. Thank you so much. Fantastic to be here. We were just so looking forward to coming. You always make us feel so welcome. It's always like coming home in really weird, but we just feel so at home and know many of you over a lot of years. So just uh, we've just had a wonderful weekend and it was just such fun last night. Really enjoyed last night um, with um, the wee doggy as well. Um, I've just got some books at the back. I know some of you have uh, already read quite a lot of them. And the latest one that hasn't been here is The Man Who Was God. That's 33 miracles of Jesus with applications for your life. Taken from the point of view of somebody who maybe was in that story, um, maybe a servant, maybe a wife, maybe um, a child, somebody a different point of view to try and bring a freshness to that miracle. So one for every day of the month with a couple thrown in at the end with an application, stuff for you to think about um, in, in a personal way to do with fear, to do with courage, to do with surprises in your life, to do with um, compassion, to do with empathy, just challenges for us in our everyday lives. So just one few minutes a night, just a minute a night reading, but it's based on the miracles of Jesus. The well and the woman, I don't know whether that one's been here or not. I don't think so, because I think that's the next new one. The well and the woman, based on the story of the woman at the well, but again, taken from maybe a different angle to bring the story to life um, in a new way. Maybe we read the same stories. I was just trying to get a fresh angle. What happened in her life using my imagination? How could she have ended up in the situation she was in? Again, applications, prayers to pray, things to think about in your own personal life. Um, the journey, 
all about the journey that we go on, some stories and some personal applications again. If you're a dog lover, great thoughts from a little dog. Or if you know a dog lover who's not yet a god lover, that might be something to put in their hands. Um, and when I said yesterday, when I wrote a dog for the dog lovers, all the cat lovers said, where's our book? So it's not great thoughts from a little dog, that's little thoughts from great cats. And I wrote that in mind so you can give it to your mother-in-law, so you can give it to your daughter-in-law or to the person you work with. Um, it, it is a Christian book, but it's written with very much people that are cat lovers that you can put it in their hands and said, oh, I saw that thought of you. So some more books on there too, but um, they're eight pounds and they, you can pay by cash or by bank transfer um, as well. So have a look at the back there. Again, fabulous to be with you. Thank you for blessing us so much during our time here. Thanks, Kevin. Thank you very much. That's a very nice place you put us in. What's it called again? Kruvi. Wow, it was just amazing. It was just, you could see the sea. It's just so beautiful. What a great part of the world to live. I had a Bible up here at one point. What's happened to it? So, is it here? Who's moved my Bible? Who's taken my Bible away? Where's the man with the notice? Oh, there it is. Kevin's stolen my Bible. I just felt the anointing then, Kevin. I'm just looking under the platform here. There's a bit of water. There's a bit of oil. And I just wondered what was in this. Is this I thought maybe this is for the preacher if he's struggling. Just have a, just, just a quick pick-me-up before. My word, that third point, not's working. You never know nowadays. You know, can I just tell you where this sermon came from? I'm going to share. In a moment, I want to talk to you about Father's Fabulous Hands. On Father's Day, I want to talk to you about the hands of God. And it's a great day to talk about it, but what I'm talking about is not a Father's Day sermon. It's become something that's been, for the last 20-odd years of my life, a core value and a core belief that's kept me in the storms that we've walked through as a couple. But about six months ago, um, I went to the gym. And I want to just to be honest... Um, I went to the gym, but I don't work out, you know, just, I don't want to tell fibs, but I went into the gym and I bypassed the gym because I went, I was going to go into the sauna and the steam room. When you carry a bit of timber, you live in hope that when you go into the sauna and the steam room, the weight will not come back on again when you drink. It's a total lie, but you just hope before you, particularly, I, I, I belong to Slimming World now, Thursday, red days, green days, you know, girls, I go there. Regularly, me and me and 47 women in various states of undress as they're trying to get onto those scales to lose another pound. I say, please, don't take anything else off. Just don't do it. But, 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 I, but I go there, and so I'm, I was going to the sauna, and you have to go through the gym, then you go past the swimming pool. And I normally go not... I tend not to go at four till six, because with all due respects, that's when the... Blooming kids go. And they only have one volume. Kids in swimming pool. And so I was hurrying past the screaming kids. But there was a lane that was marked off. And in 
the lane, it just made me stop still and just to watch. And there was just the most amazing thing that was happening there in the pool. And it just so deeply affected me. And there was a child, probably two years old, who was obviously severely disabled and uh, had a pipe in his nose and was obviously very ill. And I just watched. Mum and Dad were in the pool. They were completely oblivious of all the noise that was driving me crazy. That wasn't bothering them because they'd only got eyes on their child and the mother was at the feet just holding the legs up but what just broke me was dad was on the head side and he was looking down into the face of his child and amongst all of that there was this just amazing connection you could see child was staring into the eyes of the father and the father was just staring into the eyes of the child and his hands were just supporting the neck and the head and he was just walking backwards just looking at the child and I went into the sauna and I just started to cry and it, it was a moving scene but I realized that there was something like Kevin was saying earlier with something that he saw, there was like a supernatural thing and he suddenly hit me again. That's what God has done for me for 68 years. He's carried me in his arms when I have been very disabled in life and he has kept me afloat and it has been his love for me and anything that I may have done, I know it's only because he was holding me up. And so I sat down and I wrote, not instantly, but this sermon came out of that revelation because I wanted to talk about God's fabulous hands, the Father's fabulous hands. Like Kevin said, Father's Day is for some people a great day, for some people it's not a great day. I've got to say, I had a very dysfunctional relationship with my earthly father. He had mental health issues, and so it was tough. But some people have got great mums and dads. But I want to tell you something we all have. We have an amazing father in heaven, and his hands are fabulous. And there are four things that I want to tell you about father's hands today, if that's okay. Four truths that I'm praying... I'm praying with all of my heart, you won't just hear a sermon with words. I've been praying this morning, I prayed before I came here, that somehow some things that you will already know will come fresh. And something that will go, my prayer is something will go from your head to your heart. I want to tell you, today I'm not bothered about your head. The only Greek word I know is kebab. So I, I, I'm not going to blind you with science of Greek and Hebrew words. Kevin can do that because he's very clever. But I'm saying to you, would you in your own heart say, Lord, on Father's Day, is this something you want to communicate to my heart today? Something that you want to impress upon my spirit about how fabulous you are and how amazing it is to have him in your life. 
And so here's the first fabulous truth about Father's fabulous hands. His hands are secure. Psalm 139, verse 7 to 10. There's a reading there. David's doing the most stupid thing in the world. He's trying to run away from God. Have you ever tried to run away from God? It's, it really is futile. A friend of mine many years ago was a cricketer called Eddie Bass. And he thought God was trying to get to him. And he played cricket for Leicestershire. And um, he was so fed up with Christians trying to win him for Jesus, he took an offer to go and play cricket in Australia, around the other end of the world. So he traveled the other end of the world, put the, put the club put him into digs. You guessed it, the landlord lady was a born-again, spirit-filled Christian. And he went all the way around the world to escape God, and God was already there because God was on his case. And so David tried as best he could to get away from God. And in Psalm 139, he says these famous words, verse 7. Where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I go up to the heavens, you are there. If I make my bed in the depths, you are there. If I rise on the wings of the dawn, if I settle on the far side of sea, even there... Your hand will guide me. Your right hand, your right hand will hold me fast. Can I tell you, fabulous father's hands are incredibly secure. When he's got you, he will not let go. They are just amazing. We live in a troubled world in my opinion i hope it's not just a grumpy old man scenario but some of the the world that some of the children are growing up to into and what they are being taught in the schools in the colleges the way that the world is happening politically i mean they're all falling dear old nicola's gone you know who would ever thought in the space of a week nicola would be gone you've got you've lost maybe some people say praise god some people say no i don't know i'm not political but boris is gone who do you believe we've got policemen who are corrupting evidences this we live in this world where there's never been more insecure we've got that madman over in russia who's threatening to press the button if we don't stop it and blow us all to smithereens. This world is a very unsafe place to live in today. And as I said, if I was younger, I would be very, very much prayerful for my kids and the worlds that are happening. They are turbulent times. And one of the post-effects of COVID, there is an absolute, it seems, epidemic of mental, you need to hear the word mental health issues. You hear it everywhere now. I'm, I'm struggling with my mental health. I mean, 50 years ago, let's just be honest, no one ever said that. They just never talked about those things. Anyone who did, well, they're bonkers. You know, that, that was how we dealt with it. But nowadays, there's young people who are having incredibly dark thoughts because we've got the whole situation with the planet. We seem to be destroying day by day. The temperatures are going up. And, that you know, you, there's so much stuff to make us feel fearful for the future. But I want to tell you, my father's fabulous hands are incredibly secure. His right hand 
will hold you fast. I've been a Christian now over 50 years, and I want to tell you, those hands have kept me and held me in the most difficult of circumstances because they are amazingly strong hands. There used to be a guy in Derby, we called him Mr. Bone Crusher because his name was Fred, but he would shake your hand and he'd got the handshake of a jolly ox and he would, he, you know, I'm sure he did it on purpose. He, oh, oh, Fred, it was like his little party game, squashing your hand. But there's something that we need to remind ourselves this morning that Father's hands are incredibly helpful. As I watched that child being carried through the swimming pool, that child felt very safe because his daddy had got him. And I want to tell you today, he's got you. I'm in your church. In five years, lots of things have happened. Some people are looking younger. One or two of you. I'll make no comment. You know, some of you I've never met. Some people five years ago were sat here. Now not here. It's life. Stuff happens. But there is one secure thing that Father's hands... Second thing I want to say about the Father's hands... Father's fabulous hands, they are incredibly satisfying. Psalm 145. Psalm 145. The eyes of all, in first, sorry, verse 15. Psalm 145, verse 15. The eyes of all look to you and give them, and you give them food at the proper time. You open your hand, you open your hand and satisfy the desire of every living thing. His right hand will hold you fast. He opens his hand and satisfies every living thing. Now, I want to ask myself a question now, and I did this when I prepared this. Why do I meet so many dissatisfied Christians? If that's true, let's be honest, ask ourselves the question, that's what the Bible says. Why isn't it true? Well, I want to just to try to give you a little suggestion of possibly, because I want to tell you, we are having the most amazing life. For those of you who know my story, I was born with a speech impediment. I used to... Stutter. And everybody at school mocked me, laughed at me. Everybody has, around me was just, oh. Even the doctor said to my mum when I was about 12, 13. And the doctors, I don't, in those days, it's like you was invisible. I'm in the room while they're talking. Excuse me, I'm here too. But he said to my mum, Mrs. Pete, be prepared. Your son will never hold a job down. Because he's showing some of the same nervous conditions of of his dad, I don't think he'll be able to hold a job down. Let me tell you, I have traveled the world making a living doing the very, very thing that every single person has mocked me when I was younger because we have an amazing God who satisfies you. But as I said, 
I meet some Christians who seem flibbity jibbity jibbity jew. You, you know what I'm saying? Custard Christians get upset over a trifle. You know, you know, you meet people and you think, what is this? And I used to go to some meetings and oh, sometimes I'm in a meeting with some leaders and they're talking so awful to each other. You think, where is Jesus in any of this? Well, I want to suggest to you a key I learned when I was 20 years of age. You see, he's got not just to be your saviour, he's got to be the Lord and you've got to let him lead you. If you want to be fully satisfied, you won't do it doing it your way. I'm sure, we were, I'm sure we're about to start Strictly Come Dancing again in the next few weeks. There'll be somebody on, there'll be Anne Sargent or Anne Widdicombe or someone, somebody doing dancing who can't dance and we'll all laugh at them. But you know, the whole precept of Strictly Come Dancing is that you take a professional dancer who's skinny, you know, just hate them, don't you? And they can bend, they can still touch the toes. I mean... I can just about get to there now. As the years have gone by, it's like it's come up how low I can get. And, uh, but they get these beautiful blonde Russian Tatiana somebody or other, and they give them some lump of a meat of a guy who can't dance. And over the course of 10 weeks, the professional dancer makes the amateur look good. And can I tell you, there is an incredible spiritual parallel. If you let your professional partner, God the Father, lead you, he'll make you look good. He'll make you look good. He's made me look good. I'm a council house boy from Derby. I left school at 15. You know, going nowhere. But the key is... If you want to really, 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 really have a satisfaction, you've got to let him lead 24-7. You've got to access all areas of your life over to him. I have got the most amazingly beautiful, wonderful, gifted wife. Why? Because I asked God to give me the right person to fit me. 43 years later, she still thinks I'm the best kisser in Scotland. Guys, girls, if you're not satisfied, could I suggest, is there an area of your life that you need to say, here's my hand, would you take my hand and would you open yours and will you let me lead you on the dance of life? Because the truth is it goes quick. The 20 years of being a regional leader flew by. My next birthday, I'm it's 69, next birthday. That's old. 69, you're thinking it's not. Wait till you're my age. I know what you're thinking. But going like this. And I am still having an apps. I want to grow old disgracefully. You do. I want to be still climbing mountains like Caleb when I'm 85. I don't want to live in the past. Oh, if you'd have been here in 1952, it was a good year. 68, oh, God was really strong in my life. Oh, 91 was an amazing year for God. 94 changed my life. But I tell you, there's still more. 
He wants to satisfy every living thing. He wants to open his hand over your life. But folks, the key to that is, will you let him lead? He'll keep you safe. He'll satisfy you with his fabulous hands. The third thing about his fabulous hands is this. They are incredibly restoring. In Psalm 37, verses 23 and 24, it says this. The Lord makes firm the steps of the one who delights in him. Though he may stumble, he will not fall. For the Lord upholds him with his hand. Probably the thing that has kept me going for nearly 40 years as a pastor is when you see, I love people being saved, it is amazing, great, but I've got to say for me as a pastor, it's wonderful to lead people to Jesus, but I used to love it, probably more than anything, when I'd seen somebody who'd stumbled and fell and made a mistake. Am I talking to anybody in phrase of a, have you always been perfect? Or are you just like me? There are days you stumble and fall. And you know, and the guy who wrote this, David, he had a bit of a stumble along the journey. He, he perhaps didn't pray one day. No, he fancied another woman. And he, because he was the king, he arranged her for to come and, Bob, your uncle, she's pregnant. Oh, I've got a bit of a problem. Oh, I've got this girl pregnant now. What? I know what I'll do. I'll get her husband killed. And I'll marry her. And they'll think I'm a really nice king for marrying her. What a jolly toe rag. He's writing about stumbling and falling. He's writing about somebody who's got amazing needs to thank God. Folks, many of you I don't know. You may be in this church this morning and you may have stumbled and fell. It may have been a simple thing. It may have been a big thing. It may be a broken marriage. It may be a relationship with your child. I don't know. But I want to tell you, my father's hands can restore anything. My father's hands can put your life back together. Because I've seen him do it with hundreds of people. You ever watch the repair shop? On, on the BBC, Laurie's watching the back. I thought you'd be a BBC watcher, Laurie. You won't, don't watch the adverts. Just got on the BBC. People of your cal calibre, you know, BBC only. There's this wonderful show where people bring in heirlooms that were lovely. An old clock, an old toy that was, means that it, and it's absolutely looking devastated. And it's falling to bits, you think... And they're saying, they're, they're going all misty-eyed when their toy from their childhood, this doll that's now got one leg and an eye falling down here. This doll meant so much to me when I was seven. It was everything. And there's a chat with a cap on. We'll see what we can do, sunshine. I can't do accents like you, Kevin. That's quite a good American. One bit, it was slightly went Pakistani, but, 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 but it was mate, you were mainly on point. It was mainly... When you said, goodness gracious me, you lost the plot. 
But there's the guy there, and the people go home, and then they start the restoration job. And they take it to pieces, and the strings that have been broken and gone rusty, and they dip them in these solutions and oils, and, and, and bit by bit, something that was shattered beyond repair gets put back together until the bit that always gets them is when they unveil it. It's covered in some kind of blanket. Well, have we done it? And, and they're trying to build up the tension. But you know that they've done it, really. And then they slip it back, and there it is. That car that you travelled in as a little child is back, working perfectly. And they start to cry, and they go off with their family precious hero. Probably not worth much, but it's been totally repaired. And I want to tell you, that is a beautiful picture of what God can do with your life. You may be here for the first time in three years. You walked out of here, you fell out with Kevin, you did something, you've made some mistake, you've made some choices in your life that you now proved to be wrong, but at the time you thought they were right and you made them and life hasn't worked out the way you thought you did and some people advised you a certain way and you may have ignored their advice and you went on your merry way thinking, I don't need anybody and suddenly it's all gone pear-shaped and you've gone rusty and things need oiling. Um, thank God we've got the Holy Spirit to oil up the bits and pieces that need the oil. I want to tell you guys, my father is a restoring father. And it's wonderful when you see people who are broken be put back together better than before. And I want to tell anybody here, do not believe the lie of the devil that it's too late for you. I should have heard this message 10 years ago. I've made so many bad choices. I don't care. If you come to the prodigal son, it says in that story, and he came to his senses. If you'll come to your senses, his right hand will keep you safe and secure. He'll open his hand and satisfy your life. His hand will lift you up and put you back together. And just one more thing just before I finish. You know, well, just, just let's maybe say one more thing. When I pastored in Glasgow, um, we had some amazing, amazing repair jobs. Glaswegians live life to the max, and it breaks many of them in pieces. And uh, you're listening so well. I can remember the day, Christmas morning. Now, in Glasgow, I'm from Derby, Christmas service was... 45 minutes max. Get the kids out with the toys. Get the deacons out to sing a carol. Hit the road. I'm off to Derby. This Christmas morning, a drunk woman. Well, I didn't know it was a woman. She looked so masculine. She didn't look like a woman. She got a, a, the baseball cap on and the Glasgow sort of ski, ski outfits. I'm thinking... Oh, God, let the deacons please get hold of this woman because she's going to start causing a nonsense. And I don't know what it is about leaders when people come into church drunk. They're invisible to everybody but the pastor. Everybody just ignores them and thinks they'll go away. I'm preaching my little two-point Christmas. Hey, big man! 
It wasn't seeker-sensitive. Bill Hybels would have turned blue. Hey, big man, you've got to help me, big man! And she wouldn't stop. Hey, big man, I'm saying, just if you could just wait till afterwards and I'll kill you. And uh, no, no, if you just wait till afterwards, uh, we'll have a little talk. So we came to the end of the meeting. Everyone's gone, it's Christmas Day. Margaret's in the car, car started. We've got 300 miles to go and I'm with this woman. Hey, big man, you're going to hear me. Her name was Dot. And again, it surprised me because I thought she was going to be Sam because it, she looked with his cap on her. And she said, I'm, I'm desperate. And she pulled off her hat and she was bold as a badger. She's got alopecia, all gone. Haven't got time to unpack the story. There wasn't a miracle conversion. She came for three months drunk to the surface, sometimes to take her out. But there was a day, there was a moment, there was a second when she allowed God to access her pain. And I remember one Sunday night, we laid her on the back of the chair at the end of the meeting, and some of us really went to town with intercession and praying and there was deliverance. There was all sorts of stuff happened. But that night, she stopped drinking. And we watched God put her broken life back together. And I will remember to the day I die, the day we baptized Dot. Because step one, she came in a dress. Never seen her in a dress, ever. She took, she took off the baseball cap and she'd put a wig on. Slightly dangerous with baptism, I thought, but, but it added another little tension that, I, 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 that when I put her down there, I had to hold her head very in case people shouted out, there's a floater, there's a floater. So, so I managed to, and she stands there and she stood next to me and she starts talking about what Jesus has done to her for her life. There's not a dry eye. Everyone in the church is crying. Because this is a broken human being. And God gave her, not just her dignity back, God gave her her femininity back. God just did this amazing job and she lived a couple of years after that before sadly she went to heaven. But we got, out, we got her out of the hostel, she had a little dog, and she began to work in the inner city slums for Jesus. You see, God can do it. And if he can do it for Dot, he can do whatever mistakes you've made. Can I just tell you that he is a great repairing father? And I stand here as someone who's been repaired by him many times because there's been bits and bobs that have broken over the years that I've needed replenishing. And he can do it for you, and I'm not proud to say it. Final thing. Father's fabulous hands, finally, are incredibly helpful. There's a verse that's been one of the key verses of my life for the last few years. And it says in Psalm, sorry, Isaiah 41, verse 13, For I am the Lord your God, who takes hold of your right hand and says, Don't be afraid. I will help you. Margaret, would you come onto the keyboard for me? I want to tell you, 
God's hands, you might say, well, I'm feeling pretty secure. You might be saying, I'm satisfied. You might say, well, God has restored me and I'm very grateful for that. But he's just saying, I want to help you live this life. And I want to just do something in a moment to do. We're going to pray. Then I'm going to try just to minister this verse for a second. Can I just do this for a second? Can I just hold your right hand? And I want to just say this is from the Lord for you. For I am the Lord your God, who takes hold of your right hands to you and says to you, to you, don't be afraid. I will help you. For I am the Lord your God who takes hold of your right hand and says to you, don't be afraid. I will help you. For I am the Lord your God who takes hold of your right hand and says to you, Do not be afraid. I will help you. The Holy Spirit's just beginning to minister to these people. And he's here for you, all of you. I haven't got the time to come to every single person. But can I say to you, princess, for I am the Lord, your God, who takes hold of your right hand and says to you, don't be afraid. I will help you. For I am the Lord your God, takes hold of your right hand and says to you, don't be afraid. I will help you. Come Holy Spirit. A real American accent. Yes. He, he didn't do too bad. Wasn't Philadelphia though. A bit more New York, I thought. Anyway, Elsa. For I am the Lord your God. He knows you so well. For I am the Lord your God, who takes hold of your right hand and says to you, Don't be afraid. I will help you. A promise from the Lord. Can I hold your hand a second, fella? Firm handshake. For I am the Lord your God. Takes hold of your right hand, because he knows you. He knows how many hairs are on your head. He knows what worries you. He says, don't be afraid. I will help you. I will help you. Come Holy Spirit. Come Holy Spirit. Chris, can I hold your hand a second? And the Lord just says to you, Chris, faithful warrior, for I am the Lord your God, who takes hold of your right hand. And he says to you, don't be afraid. I will help you. 
And he says this to you all today. I'm just trying to be prompted by the Holy Spirit. We're just to wander just a second. For I am the Lord your God takes hold of your right hand and says to you, do not fear. I will help you. I will help you. I will help you. Rob, can I just hold your hand? Known Rob a long time. For I am the Lord your God takes hold of your right hand, Rob. And he says to you today, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. I will help you. I will help you. I will help you. I will help you. Come Holy Spirit. Maybe here, as our eyes are closed, maybe what you need today is the secure hands of God. And life is really insecure. Maybe in the church today you're here and you're saying, I'm not satisfied. And God says to you, will you let me lead? Will you give me access, all areas? If you want the satisfaction you're craving, you've got to let me have every part of your life. I just feel very strongly at the moment that's a word here for somebody. So as our eyes are closed, if you're here and you feel that that's the area of the sermon, you know, I've not given him every, I've taken things back and I want to hand them back over to God. If that's you, as our eyes are closed, I'm not going to get you to put your hand up, don't want to embarrass you, but I would ask you in just a moment to look at me. And if your eyes are open, I'm assuming that you're responding to this part of the appeal. So if you're here and you're saying, I really want God to have access every year, would you look at me now? God bless you, God bless you. God bless you, 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 God bless you. Lots of people looking. He is Lord, he's Lord. That's the key for some of you today. God bless you. Close your eyes again, please. Maybe there's one here and what you need is the repair shop, the restoration hands of God. Maybe that's what you need. And you know bits are broken. And you maybe think it's irreparable. But nothing is irreparable or restorable to God. If that's you, as our eyes are closed, and you're saying, I need God to restore me, I'm not where I once was with God. 
if that's you, would you look at me? Let me catch your eye. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Close your eyes again. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you there. Oh, fathers, God bless you there. See you there. God bless you. I see you there. God bless you. I see you there. Father, would you come? Would you come? Would you come? Would you come by your Holy Spirit? Can I say several people, tears are just trickling down your eyes. Don't stop them. This is a safe place for tears. Never stop. Never be afraid of tears. Maybe you're here and you just need God's help to keep going. For I am the Lord your God who takes hold of your right hand and says to you, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. I will help you. I'd like to just pray that over every single person that's here just a couple of times and sometimes symbolism does help and if you this morning are just sort of thinking I need this could you just put your hand out in front of you in simple faith because I'm going to pray this prayer over you come Holy Spirit increase your presence Lord this is a safe place for tears guys but if you just need God's help to keep going. Just almost as a simple child, as that child allowed the dad in the swimming pool just to stare into daddy's eyes so he was kept safe in the storms of the water. Well, if in simple faith you put your hand out, I'm praying for a manifestation, the kabod, the weight of God's glory just to fall in this place. It's a safe place just to be still. I'm Holy Spirit. For I am the Lord your God. who takes hold of your right hand and says to you, to you, to you, to you, Billy, Stephen, Kevin, Margaret, Linda, Susie, Maureen, and says to you, don't be afraid. I will help you. I will help you. I will help you. And I'll keep you secure. And I'll satisfy you. And I will restore you. 
I will repay you. I will get the scratches of life and the bumps and the bends and the kinks removed. Father, I just pray now as we end a sermon, we don't end your presence. And I just pray the weight that I feel on me right now. I feel, Lord, that we're connecting with you. And I know there's many dinners arranged. There's lots of things to go and enjoy. And they're all absolutely fantastic. But, Lord, I just thank you. Just thank you for your hands. Thank you for your hands, Lord. I thank you as someone who's known you over 50 years that you've kept me, you've kept my wife safe in your hands. And I thank you for this church as we've journeyed together for many years. Thank you, Lord, that you have always been a secure daddy. And I thank you, Lord, in this incredibly difficult world to live. I pray the truth that your right hand will hold us fast, will be the anchor. I pray, Lord, for those of us who need to surrender habits or time or whatever it is we've taken back off you, whatever we have to do to make you Lord, Lord, and I pray when we do that, the satisfaction levels will go through the roof. Pray, Lord, that you'll keep on restoring us. And Lord, I thank you that you will keep on helping us. Because you're a God who holds us in your right hand. Father, seal your word. And may we live differently. May we live differently. I pray. In Jesus' name. God bless you. Don't forget to have a look at the books afterwards, but if the weight of God's on you, no rush to move on. Amen.